You're listening to the Wine and Wedding Wednesday podcast. I'm your host, Megan Helm, a wedding photographer of eight years, a dog mom to two, and a wine lover. I'll be here on Wednesdays with a glass of wine, ready to dive into all things weddings and business. Think of this as happy hour with your photog bestie. I'm going to keep these episodes as bite-sized as possible, but packed with tons of info to help wedding business owners better serve their clients and for couples to plan their dream wedding with all the tips from the pros. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, and welcome to episode four of the Wine and Wedding Wednesday podcast. I cannot believe that I'm recording a fourth episode. Today, the wine that I'm drinking is the same. It's the Clos de Bois Chardonnay because I am recording these episodes at the same time. (laughs) That is just logistics for you guys. I had time to record a couple episodes, so that's what we're going to do. Also, I don't think I've mentioned this before, but just so you guys know, this podcast, like I'm going to record all the things, um, all the sounds, the background noises, the mess ups, like I'm not going to go through and delete stuff because this is real life. And I want you guys to feel like you're, I don't know, having a conversation, having a glass of wine with a friend, having a conversation with someone that, uh, you know, like a friend. And unless my dog's totally go crazy and like start barking at, you know, the male guy, which they, they will do. Um, I'm not going to delete, um, like sound on here. So for the most part, you're getting the real raw me. And so far every episode, except for the intro has been one take. So that's my goal. Anyway, today's topic is how to find a good second shooter. This one's for photographers. And before I dive in, I just want to preface once again that everything that I share here on this podcast is my experience and my opinion, because I personally believe that, um, you know, the experiences and the things that I've learned over the years are what serve our clients the best. And so I want to share that with you guys. Okay. So first things first, what is a second shooter and why do you need one? For me, a second shooter is an extension of myself and my business. So in where my business is right now, I'm building an associate team. And so I rely on my girls as lead shooters um, to also be my regular second shooter when I'm lead shooting. So if they're not booked with their own event, they're typically working as my second shooter. I don't usually hire outside of MHP unless one of my girls is not available. I do try to create a really healthy work-life balance for them. And so if they need time off for whatever reason, I just encourage them to speak up and let me know so that um, I can find someone to cover that wedding. When I shot my first wedding, I literally handed my roommate at the time my like Canon PowerShot point and shoot camera that was probably like a hundred bucks at Best Buy. And I said, just please come with me and take pictures so I don't have to go alone. It was... It, it was a mess, you guys. Like, I, I had no idea what I was doing. I think I maybe charged like 350 bucks or something. Um, I didn't even collect payment until I delivered the photos to them, which I don't do now. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was, you know, a learning experience and it's totally fine. But as far as second shooters that I hire now and something to look at in your own second shooters is I work really hard to secure second shooters who are also pro photographers in their own business. Maybe they have their own wedding photography business. Maybe they just shoot families, but they enjoy second shooting at weddings and they don't want all the um, other admin kind of things that come with being a wedding photographer. So 
Whatever the reason is, I make sure that it's someone that I trust and I know their work and I like their work. Now, when you're looking for second shooters and trying to find solid second shooters to build up a good list of people to reach out to when you are in a pinch and you need a second shooter, these are questions that I would ask. So first I would ask for raw photos. That way you can see how they shoot during different parts of the day. There is nothing worse than trying to cull through the photos and you have 500 reception photos that are too dark or too blurry or too grainy because you didn't ask to see that work beforehand or you didn't give them insight on how you like your reception shots to be photographed. If they have their own business, ask to see a full gallery, an edited gallery as well. Um, Asking for raws from a second shooter is not, in my opinion, that's not a no-no. I think you can absolutely ask for raw images because you need to know what you're working with when you hire this person to come in and um, shoot for your business, right? So that's the first thing. Ask for some raw photos and potentially ask to see a full gallery. To price a second shooter, don't just charge the client what you're going to pay your second shooter. So say you're paying $350 for eight hours. Don't charge your client $350 because you also have to then do more work on the back end because you've hired a second shooter. You have to cull more photos. You have to edit more photos. So all of that is going to cost you time and money. So make sure you build um, those extra costs and that extra time into your pricing for what you charge for a second shooter. So I charge $500 for a second shooter and I typically pay them anywhere from $350 to $400, depending on experience and depending on the number of hours. If it's less hours, I'm going to pay them, you know, a little less, but that's typically what I pay second shooters. When you're also looking for second shooters, you'll want to consider how long you're going to want them there. Are they going to be there all day or not? While I'm training an associate to join my team, whether they're a lead shooter or a second shooter, I want them there all day so that they can learn every part of the day. They can see what I do through every part of the day. They can see my interactions with the clients all day. When you're looking more for a second shooter, again, I would want them there all day if they're if it's the first time that they're working with me. And I think it's okay to have a second shooter for a few hours. I've definitely worked for photographers where they just want me there for the ceremony and, you know, through dinner. And that's totally fine. Not really, that's not what I like to do. I like to have them there all day or at least 30 minutes into the dancing photos. If they've got me there for longer, maybe a sparkler exit or something, I think that's okay to have them, you know, take off before that. Um, but for me, I, it's just important to have the second shooter there all day because they do more than just photograph, right? They can run and grab water for you. They can make sure that you eat a snack. They can make sure that you get an appetizer. All of those things I think are super important and undervalued, um, perks of having a second shooter. I think it's overall just a disservice to your clients to not have them there all day. That's just my opinion. Again, like I said, preface in the beginning, these are all my opinions on things that I believe serve your clients best. All this comes down to what's going to be best for the client. And in my opinion, having a second shooter there all day is what's best for the client. And that's actually why I don't even offer a collection now that doesn't have a second shooter. The only time I will work and shoot solo is if it's an elopement and I'm only there for like a couple hours. Otherwise, it's like deal or no deal. We have a second shooter, period. It's not negotiable. Um, I just prefer to work that way and my team prefers to work that way. So I also look at it from the perspective of, and this is a great question, actually photographers, vendors, this is a great question that you can ask. If this were my wedding, what would I want? 
I ask myself that question all the time in different things in the ways that I'm serving my clients. And it really helps you kind of hone in on what's going to be best for your clients because you're looking at it from like, what would I want? If this were my wedding, would I, you know, when I'm editing, if this were my wedding, would I want this photo? If this were my wedding, would I want a second shooter? Yes. So then design a package that offers that at a price that if this were my wedding, would I pay for this? Yes. Just my opinion. Okay. So a couple more things, um, as far as, so now we've kind of talked about how to find a second shooter. So asking for raws, looking at your pricing and figuring out how long they're going to be there when you're working with someone and you want them to maybe be a consistent second shooter. Uh, here's a couple things that you can do. So you can offer feedback after the wedding. This is something that I do now for my team after every wedding and it's helped a ton. So I actually have the girls cull their own images. They uh, cull through them because it allows them to see, you know, when I was culling through images, I, I saw, I saw a lot of things, but it's hard for them to understand what they could have done better in an image without them seeing the raw files and going through them themselves. So culling my images has made me a better photographer and culling their images when they're the lead shooter helps them, I think, be a better photographer as well. Um, I know I've gotten that feedback from, from them um, before. And so I just wanted to like pass that on. Um, I don't have my second, like if I hire another photographer to come second shoot for me or even my team, if they second shoot, they don't call the images that they second shoot, but they do call the images if they're the lead photographer. As far as feedback goes, I offer feedback for them, whether they lead shoot or second shoot. And we talk about it. Like how could, you know, maybe there's a group of images that all look super similar. So how could we adjust these poses to for next time so that you get, you know, five different looks with basically the same pose and just, a, you know, a few little changes or what would I have done differently in framing this image to get the light to hit this way or this way or hit the veil this way, whatever it is. Um, we talk about that. I talk about what I may ha might have done differently with my settings on my camera because I can see all their settings. I know what f-stop they were shooting at. I know what their ISO was. I know what their shutter speed was. So I can see all of that. And it really helps figure out kind of where you could improve for next time in creating a better image. And so the feedback, it doesn't have to be long. You could point out, you know, 10 things that they did really well and then three things that they could work on for next time. And I think that just really helps them be a better photographer. In, uh, I believe it was October, I had a second shooter and then I had one of my girls come for a training session as kind of a third shooter. And the feedback that I got from the parents of the couple was so positive, I made sure to send it on to the team and let them know how much the couple and their parents appreciated the team and everything that we did to help their wedding day run smoothly. So you can also provide that feedback for them too, because even if they're not an employee of your business and they're someone that you're contracting out, I think it's still important to like praise them and let them know what they've done well and why it was so, um, you know, beneficial for you to have them there and how they helped you. And, um, you know, if they were really on top of making sure you stayed hydrated that day, let them know that you appreciated that. I appreciate how much, um, you cared about making sure that I drank my water. I appreciate you going and refilling my water bottle. Like, thank you so much. That goes miles. You guys, it goes so far in not just building your relationship with someone, but 
establishing yourself as like someone who actually cares about people because this is a people-based business. And I think that's just really important. Wow, that was a lot of talking. Um, Okay, a couple more things. So offering feedback um, is really great. And then, like I said earlier, this question is how I run and make decisions in my entire business. If this were my own wedding, what would I want? I would want the second shooter there to capture as much of the day as possible because that would make me as a client feel like I'm getting the most out of my investment. So like I said, I offer that in every wedding collection. It's for my clients, but it's also for me. I love working weddings when I have that support from a second shooter, someone to grab me water, someone to grab a snack, someone to run something to my car or get something out of my car. I feel like I perform better when I have that support and ultimately that translates into better images for my clients. So there you have it, folks. This episode was about what to look for and getting a solid second shooter, how to develop that solid second shooter, um, and how to keep those relationships going and why it serves your clients best. If you like this episode, please leave me a review wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to check the show notes. I have some freebies for all you second shooters in training and those wanting to become a second shooter. And I can't wait to see you in the next episode. Thanks guys. You've just heard another episode of the Wine and Wedding Wednesday podcast. If you just can't wait for the next episode, give us a follow on Instagram. We're at Wine and Wedding Wednesday. I pop in there occasionally to answer questions and chat with you guys. Please reference the show notes for any links that we talked about in today's episode, and I will catch you next week. Cheers.